Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Budiwa Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And for today, we get into an ongoing discussion just around, you know, digital transformation. Um, I think during the pandemic period, these this had become one of the biggest uh, buzzwords, buzz terms. Um, everyone talking about investments in technology, digitization, um, a lot of transformation. How do we equip uh, people to be you know the best that they can be in a remote environment uh, people coming back to work how how can clients respond uh, to the so-called new normal this is all um, that we were talking about uh, but for today we want to zero in um, on uh, the banking sector and some of the innovations that have come out from there it's one thing to talk about things in broad strokes uh, but um, you know quite another to go into you know some of the specific industries and banking is one of those um, that affects all of us you know South Africa is said to have one of the highest rates of banking um, across the continent I think the last number uh, that I heard was between 75% and 80% um, of uh, South Africans have access to formal um, banking services of some kind in this country um, compared to the 35 to 40% average uh, that is seen in the rest of Africa but even then um, an industry like that faces its issues. Um, I think anyone um, who uses a banking app will know about some of the outages over the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of us are doing all this banking online, on mobile devices and the like. And we're here to talk about how there can be a bit of a clash between some of the old systems and some of the new systems and um, you know what, um, what type of interventions are being taken uh, to make sure that we get over this. So for today we are joined uh, by someone who's no stranger to the platform uh, we are joined by uh, Ria Pinto um, who is uh, the South Africa country general manager and technology leader um, over at IBM I think the last time that we spoke uh, to Ria was uh, you know in December last year and uh, we were talking to her uh, just around um, you know cloud computing trends in South Africa but for today uh, we're getting you know a little bit more specific into the world of banking. Ria, greetings to you today. I'm with you, Good to chat to you again. No, no, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us, uh, you know, for today. Now, when it comes to IBM, I think, you know, in the world of technology, it's, uh, t- it's the type of uh, a company that needs no introduction, you know, quite an established name, uh, probably one of the older, if not the oldest of the computing companies, um, you know, globally, you know, I'm just thinking about the big IBM machines from, you know, back in the day, um, etc. But, you know, in your particular role, um, when we speak about you being, um, you know, the country manager, general manager and a technology leader over at IBM, um, what type of, uh, what are you looking after in the business, you know, and uh, just your areas of purview before we get into the discussion around the banks? Sure. So um, so if you look at IBM, we, we really focus in two core areas. One is the, the technology that we provide, and uh, we have a high focus on hybrid cloud uh, and um, technologies in that space around automation, data, security, 
and modernization of applications. Plus, we have a business uh, which is uh, which is driven around business consulting, sort of the know-how, so helping clients understand how to transform. So besides being country general manager, I'm also responsible for the entire technology portfolio, which includes infrastructure and software, and um, focused on how do we make that software as pervasive as possible, working with many ecosystem partners um, in helping them understand what we can deliver so that they can leverage leverage that technology to help them solve their clients' business problems. So that's quite a broad term. So, and, and we have some very interesting elements to our portfolio, but really focused around um, assisting clients across multiple industries, digitize their operations, and then leveraging technology to accelerate that journey, if that makes sense, in, in the one hand. So, so I'm really focused more on the technology portfolio. I do have a colleague whose team is focused on the business consulting, and they bring a lot of in-depth uh, industry knowledge to then help those clients plan out their journey on how they do their transformation. Yeah, that's really great. And it does make a lot of sense, um, you know, from what you're saying. Uh, I guess using all the expertise uh, that you guys have gathered over, you know, decades of being in, in the business and actually helping companies to keep up um, with everything that's going on in uh, the world of technology for their own uh, business processes. So now moving, you know, on to, you know, the meat and potatoes for today, which is um, innovation around, you know, digital transformation, your financial institutions. Um, there's this term that uh, often gets thrown around, and that is legacy systems, right? Um, my, you know, basic understanding is that um, in organizations, you know, especially those that have been using technology for some time, you might have, you know, maybe in the in the case of a bank, you might have a system that used to do deposits and it was installed maybe 1985 on MS-DOS or something like that. Um, and all of that, over the years, you've just been building one on top of the other, sort of like a Jenga, Jenga type of uh, structure, um, you know, systems from 1985, 1990, uh, Now we're talking cloud, etc. And in certain cases, you are you you might even have opposition in how these systems work. So that's my basic understanding. Yeah, you you are much more well versed than I am. Um, have I understood what these legacy systems are? What are we missing? Yeah, I mean, to an extent. I mean, if you think about banking, I mean, it hasn't changed. You know. Uh, core banking has changed very little over, I guess, over thousands of years. So totally agreed. Many of, uh, if you look at many of our large banks, many of their core systems uh, were built, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, very robust. And I would say that uh, over many, many years, the focus has always been in the back office in, in terms of the operations, the security, the products. And also banks have uh, traditionally been very siloed, you know, so either you either do you know, lending or you do current accounts or, you you know, so, so you have different portfolios and different products. And what that's created is that each business unit has sort of their own set of functionality, business operations that they built. And much of this was built many, many years ago because there wasn't much need to transform. However, with the, you know, with the, I guess, um, you know, with technology becoming so pervasive and also people moving more to a digitized world where they want to do everything online, number one. And secondly, where many industries are being um, disintermediated, you know, where, you know, you can now do banking with other entities rather than just a bank. 
banks are having to, to provide more services to their clients. So they have to reinvent their own business models and they have to create ecosystems around their clients so that they capture those clients and expand the value that they offer. So banking uh, is changing. And I guess what's driving that is this extreme digitization, you know, where customers' expectations are increasing. Um, and also, you know, clients are looking for an end-to-end -end solution around, you know, who they bank with, where they do their investments, how they do their lending. And of course, for a bank, you want to capture all of that from your clients and also provide value. So, so there's a big focus and a big move towards, I'm sure you've heard platform, uh, platform banking. But going back to legacy, yes, many, many banks have got lots of legacy. That still runs the bank. So think of it as like there's still the engine room of the organization. And as they have to transform, it's about how do they leverage that capability um, and expose it to, to ecosystems. And that's where we talk about this uh, digital transformation, um, you know, decoupling of some of that functionality. Uh, but yes, your understanding is correct. And yes, many of today's core banking systems were written many, many years ago. They run, they're very robust, but what you need to do is decouple it so that you can become far more agile in terms of how you deliver services to your clients and expose those services to beyond, you know, your clients and also beyond your organization uh, in terms of working with ecosystems and, and transforming your business model. In terms of that decoupling that you're talking about, uh, I like the fact that you brought up um, the example of an engine room, right? Because I'm literally thinking about something like, let's say, a steel mine or a, or a coal mine or something, and you've got those um, refineries, those big furnaces, etc. And some of them have been there for decades, right? And it's very hard to upgrade some of those things, their core, uh, to how you know some of those those industrial companies work switching something like that off you know literally takes and uh, takes a, a company offline you know uh, essentially uh, for a period and I guess the, the the question I'm sort of leading up to is I've often thought that the issue was more about we need to upgrade the systems. But if I'm understanding you correctly, it sounds as if you're saying, yes, we can upgrade the systems, but we also need to find a way um, to have you know, those systems still running, but adding more in such a way that it doesn't disrupt uh, the core functions of what's going on inside the financial services companies. Absolutely accurate. And and it's not necessarily about replacing it. It's about, you know, what components do you need to, in, uh, you know, innovate change so that they drive more functionality? There may be components that actually, uh, for, the, for the purpose that they perform, are doing what they need. So replacing that, you know, your ROI on that does not make sense. You're going to spend a lot of money, you know, replacing similar functionality where what you've got works. I think the other thing to note in terms of banking, and I'm just going to go back a step, is historically, uh, you know, many of our banks have spent the time uh, and a lot of the investment in the back office, you know, running sort of the, the middle office, which is around the products, and the back office, which is around operations. And of course, if I go back to the competition that banks are facing, they have to focus a lot more in terms of their customer experience, which is around customers and channels. So, so two things that banks are faced with is the one is how do they move their spend from, you know, focusing on the back office and making sure that's running to, to taking it to the front office around seamless experience for their clients, 
extreme digitization? And then how do they decouple some of the elements in the back office that make sense so that they move it and they spend more of the money in the front office changing, adapting, you know, because clients change, uh, clients um, demands are changing very quickly. So it's all about how they set themselves up in order to respond quickly. So which elements of the legacy environment need to be decoupled so that it gives them the agility. Um, and one of the things that we always recommend is if you think of, uh, you know, as a banking client, what are the business processes, you know, starting point that your clients complain about the most? You know, what is that? Is it maybe in lending how long it takes to approve? What is that? And then you start there as an, you know, as a, you know, you take that business process and you innovate that particular business process. And then you keep on evolving depending on um, the additional value it's going to bring to your client. And of course, you know, the ROE. So, so how much am I going to spend to change that, fix it? And does it, does it, um, open up new business opportunities for me? So it's not just about replacing legacy. You know, legacy, uh, is a bit of a misnomer. Yes, it's been there for a long time, but it still adds a lot of value. But there are elements of it that you can decouple. And remember, the other thing that banks are also looking to do is how do they reduce their cost of operation? So how do they become a lot more cost effective? How do they, um, you know, be, optimize their, their banking uh, footprint and an operation so that they can spend money innovating and bringing new services to the market quicker? So those are some of the elements driving. So it's about, you know, what do they have in their core, if I can call it that? And uh, what are the elements that will make a difference to their clients? Um, focus on innovating that. And then, um, you know, how does that impact their, their sort of bottom line? And then, of course, top line, because, you know, they want to drive revenue growth and, of course, or reduce, uh, you know, reduce costs. So, so what is the area of the business they're going to focus on first? So I think those, all of those elements drive the, the, yeah, should I say the agenda that each bank will look at? And each, each bank will have a different, a different strategy depending on ultimately what they want to, you know, what services they want to bring to their clients or what business problem they're trying to solve for their clients. So I always suggest taking an outside in view. You know, I think in the past it was always an inside out view. This is, is a big push on an outside in view. Now, what are the clients complaining about and how do we, how do we solve that problem quickly? Rather than spending a lot of money replacing my core systems, which may not actually make a difference to the client, if that makes sense. For example, with IBM, because you guys are um, as as established as you guys are, one can imagine that um, IBM was probably involved in you know the the setting up of a lot of the systems you know that we speak about, and one can also then imagine that there's probably a tension because, like you said, in a lot of cases, if it's not broken, why are we trying to fix it? Um, especially if we're looking at it from a return on equity and return on investment, um, you know. So Sort of point of view, right? But at the same time, now you've also got this tension um, with all of the new players that are now coming into um, into the sector. Uh, I've, I've interacted quite a bit with the likes of BankServe, um, which sits between all of the banks, and they've been, you know, trying by all means to improve some of their systems because of all the rising competition, all the fintech uh, startups that are coming in, etc. So, how have you seen your role as IBM um, evolving over time? You know, uh, when it comes to the the what you call this, your interaction with the 
the financial services companies. Do you still see yourselves doing the same type of work or have you guys also done that shift uh, that you were talking about, that inside to outside type of thing? Yeah, yeah. And look, it's definitely involved. I mean, if you look at a lot of our big banks, um, many of them run mainframes. And actually, I would say that, you know, although I would say up to 70% of structured data and business operations sits on the mainframe. So there's a lot of work we're doing in helping clients understand what's running on there, what they could offload and run somewhere else. You know, so it's about looking at the workload and where do you run that where it's firstly adds value is mo- most cost effective and it's not everything. So there's, you know, we talk about uh, uh, systems of engagement, which is really your customer facing how they engage with the bank and then systems of records. Um, and then depending on how you are using that data, you know, we would work with you to look at where's the best place to house it. And then how do you make, you know, how do you make that available to the rest of the organization to help them drive innovation? So, so going back to your question, banking, firstly, I think it's probably worth noting that banking has been a, is a very large segment in the IBM business. I think globally, more than 30% of our revenue comes from banking clients. So, so we have a deep and long understanding of, of core banking, of, of, you know, what it takes to transform. I think the other thing to understand is that, unfortunately, many of these systems, you know, although they're very old, they're not documented, well documented. So, so you were talking, about outages earlier. And that's part of the issues that a lot of these legacy apps were written many, many years ago. And of course, when they were written, nobody was documenting them. So so I would say, you know, many of the big clients are, are faced with an environment where they have this environment that's running, but nobody really understands how it connect, you know, how it actually hangs together. You know, so if you think about it like an engineering box. So that's one of the areas that we also help clients is try and decompose, you know, how is it working? And I can tell you, you can put multiple people in a room and they will all have a different view of how an application actually works. Um, so, so documentation is lacking. Um, number one. And then, you know, technology is evolving very quickly and clients want to leverage that. So it's about how do we, you know, we bring a lot of business know-how based on our deep, you know, industry knowledge to sort of help guide clients through the thinking and the process. And we talk about sort of an iterative, um, iterative, uh, an incremental approach. So taking a, a use case and then building what we call a, an MVP. So taking a small use case, documenting where the data is, what is the business process we're trying to drive, what ROE are we trying to do, and then trying to build that out and create an MVP to see if it does, if it does meet the assumptions we made. So, so decompose, so we do a lot of that consulting and we leverage a lot of our technology to help accelerate that. So part of, you know, what IBM brings to the party as well is, you know, we've got a huge investment in, in auto, in tools that automate business process and IT process. So how do we leverage some of that? To, 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 to accelerate some of this journey. I think the other thing worth noting in banking is that, you know, for them to successfully transform, they, they have to transform the business model. So it really starts at a business operations, a business model change, and then technology will follow that. So if you think about banking, I don't know, 30 years ago, the process was probably quite long and cumbersome. If you look at what you could do today, so if you took the same process, you could probably take out a lot of steps um, because you have technology now that can automate many of the elements where before it had human intervention. So you need to rethink the business process, and that's where you get the value in terms of agility, reduced costs, 
Uh, and uh, and I guess you know, basing you know, once you do that, you also make a decision as to where do you then run that that particular business process. So, so that's sort of the change. So it's quite a complex piece of work, and it's not, um, you know, it's not like one element. You know, there are many, many various elements. I mean, something like account origination, I guess, could be something that covers multiple products. So how do you build this in a way that you can build it once and replicate it across many? service lines within the bank. Um, and it's about driving driving more of a customer-centric approach rather than a product-centric approach. When you were talking about documentation um, earlier on and the fact that a lot of these systems were, were done, um, because I'm just thinking about uh, how people document business processes, you know, in this day and age, uh, there's a lot of documentation that comes uh, you know, from it, every little thing, every little button, every little interface, um, you know, has a manual or at least a guide um, of some sort. And I'm now thinking about the skills, right? Um, as much as what is there um, is probably working and we've already spoken about if it's not broke, why are we fixing it? Uh, but are there people, you know, in the current market that still understand how those you know, undocumented and, you know, old systems work because I can imagine that whatever training went into um, the people that, the expertise that went into creating those original systems, uh, I can imagine that for, for banks and who knows, maybe to some extent a company like yours, uh, that finding people that still understand how those things was were, were built and how they actually function might actually be an issue that uh, people are dealing with. And then we now see the fruits of all of that in the outages that we speak about, etc. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, IBM and I think quite a few providers, we have provide we have built tools um, that you can actually deploy into your environment to, to monitor processes so that you sort of can can then document what you know what is the business process touch, where does it go, you know, what other business process does it invoke. So, so there is tooling um, available. Uh, and it, and that you can deploy to first understand what does my architecture look like? You know, what does each process do? Of course, it's, it is, it, it, there are a lot of processes and you start with one. So when we're looking to modernize and innovate, that's one of the things we try and do first is understand, uh, to the best of, you know, the ability of, of the tooling we use. What, what does the business process actually do? Which environment is it going to? What does it touch? And document that and even then test it, you know, because you can test a lot of this in, in their uh, test environments. So, so there is tooling because, you know, this is because it's a problem. And this is what we do is, but where there's a problem, we try and find, we build, um, tooling, if I can call it that, and applications that help address that, 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 that shortfall that, that clients have. But, you know, often, Often, I think, um, often we don't spend the time in really trying to understand that. You know, there's a saying that you have, often you spend a lot, you need to spend a lot more time in the planning and understanding what you have and then how you're going to change it. And I think sometimes it's a because there's a big focus on return uh, and getting things out, we tend to start running before we can call, if that makes sense. So, so we, we're trying to speed this up without spending enough time in really documenting what we have, how it works, you know, what the potential impact is if I change something. Um, you know, many banks around the world have, have gone on a, um, 
on a on a journey of renovating or you know sort of upgrading some of these systems with with an intent to to switch off some of the legacy and then found as they through that journey that actually there were elements of their current core bank that they, they didn't understand and the new solution that they built doesn't actually cater for some of those elements so so they end up with multiple legacy environments if I can call it that because they then have to bring in another solution to switch off what they weren't aware was happening as part of the business process. So, you know, one of our recommendations, and it is a cost, is to spend time really understanding how it works today. You know, what is the touch? What elements is it um, covering? What are the impacts of switching that off? Does it impact something else in another part of the business? Because these systems evolved over many years, you know, so as a new requirement became available, new functionality was built, you know, so you keep on adding to it. So think of like a house, you start off smaller, then you keep on adding. And by the time you've got this big mansion, you're not quite sure where all the plumbing is, you're not quite sure where all the electrical cables are. I mean, I mean I'm using a simple analogy. Um, so then if you're going to change something, you really need to go back and try and understand, okay, where is it so that I don't end up I guess drilling in the wrong place or uh, uprooting something that that creates a bigger problem. So documentation and really understanding that the legacy environment is key. But I go back to the point that focus on the elements that are really going to add business value to what you're trying to do a, as an organization, um, and, and then you know innovate like that. So it's not a one big you know transformation. Focus on the elements. Uh, of your service that your clients are complaining about and then build that out. And then, you know, as you're doing that, you're creating new assets that you can then redeploy. And, and that's what the, the new world of technology is about is, you know, build once and, and uh, deploy multiple times across different environments so that you can maximize value. That actually lends itself to at least helping to increase uh, the the efficiency uh, because everything that you've just spoken about now, I can imagine that it would do a lot to actually helping to future proof um, you know some of the the banks and their systems and making sure that they don't find themselves in the same conundrum um, you know a few years down the line now I'm not sure you know whether you can share with us uh, you know who your clients are but one of the big things uh, that I think we might be curious about is because you engage with the banks all the time right this issue of legacy systems and that innovation right in terms of headspace because um, as you know CIOs as CTOs um, you have a bunch of things that are competing for your attention now um, as you know share of mind share of budget etc how big is this legacy um, you know systems issue right in the face of you know cloud adoption and you know all of the other stuff that people that banks and other financial institutions are all trying to implement um, you know at the moment Mm. So, so look, I think the first thing is, um, you know, every bank is is has a slightly different journey and, and they've all approached the problem different. I wouldn't call it legacy as a problem because many of them have, you know, they understand what's core to, to their current business and they have rather innovated around the edges, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, they've looked at building systems that are far more open and modular. I mean, one of the things that IBM did a few years ago was we bought Red Hat. 
And the reason for that was to allow us to, 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 uh, you know, provide our technology in a way that's open and can connect to anything else, if that makes sense. And that's where banks are going is, you know, if I talked about the decoupling, but are they, they are decoupling it in a way that it allows them to then connect to multiple uh, platforms, they can run it on different platforms. Um, and also it makes it far more modular. You know, so, so people are moving instead of this monolithic. If you think about banking systems in the past, they were very monolithic. The new, the new way of building is really far more modular so that you can, uh, and uh, plug and play, I guess, is what pops into mind, but you know, they can then leverage that utility. So legacy depends on the client. Um, and as I said, it, it really depends on how much they've done to decouple the the elements of that legacy that really add value to the to their clients and to their business. So you know, if I go back to the systems of record and the systems of engagement, many of them have uh should I say innovated around systems of engagement. So you know around their core banking apps, around how they engage, you know, how those so they've built very interesting front ends, if I can use that. Um, and that's where the innovation are coming in. And then when they link back to their systems of record, and let's say in this, in this case, systems of record could be part of their legacy, that for them is quite solid. So they're leveraging that. Um, and actually many clients are really moving in that space because, um, because I went back, go back to my point earlier, replacing my core, um, may not give me additional business value and may not solve a client's business problem. So a lot of the focus has been around solving how do we respond to clients quicker? How do we create interfaces? This is why integration is quite critical. So the client so that I can access data respond quickly without having to to change my core. If that makes sense. No, it certainly makes sense. I wanna Zoom in as we're coming to the uh, the the tail end of this discussion on uh, the fact that you guys uh, what do you call this uh, bought Red Hat um, because you know they are a very what's the word I'm looking for they're very big if I remember correctly um, Red Hat is very big when it comes to your your open source um, you know type of platforms and you know creating those types of softwares etc. but um that's in that's in response to IBM sort of seeing the type of um innovation that the likes of Red Hat were doing in the market. And I was wondering, you know, as IBM, do you guys see some of these um, you know, fintech companies that have been coming up, you know, as a you know, as a form of competition of any kind? Because if I'm one of the big banks, right, it's either I because I, 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 I'm faced with possibly three choices, you know, when it comes to technology issue. Either I'm going to pay my own team, you know, of, uh, of tech guys uh, to try and come up with that solution. Or I'm going to approach IBM and say, guys, this is what we're facing at the moment. And this is where we need to please may you help us to build this thing or to improve this thing. Or I might go out into the market and say, the thing that we're trying to solve has been solved by xyz startup right let's buy that company and we'll use their expertise um you know in what we're doing so are you seeing you know do you see any of that as you know possible competition to what ibm does or do you sort of see them as uh, i guess co-creators and partners in a way no, we see them more as co-creators and partners. And let me go back a step. If you look at core, you know, bank banks, there's there are a lot of functionality that actually adds value to many of their partners or providers. So we provide technology like 
you know, around APIs. So APIs allowed them, allow them to be able to expose banking services to, to a partner. For example, I could be a retailer and I want to be able to offer my clients uh, financing options. So by being able to, let me say, leverage one of those banking services from my bank, I can, that, you know, this is how banks are providing those services to their customers, if that makes sense. So we provide services like that. Um, what that's also driving is, is this whole concept of platform banking. And, and there are various ways of how that can be looked at. But platform banking is where banks are looking to see how do they, you know, how do they collaborate with ecosystems to, you know, to provide some of their, their expertise because they really understand banking and lending. So their expertise in some of those processes to, to their clients plus um, bring into the, into their, onto their platform ecosystems that provide services to their clients. So as a, as a client of a particular bank on their platform, I might be able to, you know, finance my car, buy a car, buy air tickets. And with we, my bank is providing that as a service on their platform. So it's really becomes more of a community of, um, ecosystems and each bank is looking at it in a different way um you know and, and also they're looking at different solutions for different communities so so if i'm a bank that provides huge services to people in agricultural i look at who are the ecosystems that touch my clients within that particular industry how do i add value you know what are some of the services that i've already built for my own clients that i can that i can pass on to that ecosystem and then come up with different business models to actually make revenue from that. So, so that's one of the things we see. And what IBM does is help provide the technology to help them drive that. And, and when we talk about that, the, the technology is around the integration, the, you know, the, the elements around API where they can expose those services, the elements around data where they can actually leverage, um, you know, have systems in place where they can actually get insights from all this data that resides in multiple spaces. Um, and then the other one, of course, is because you're working across multiple platforms, you're bringing in ecosystems. It's about securing that data and, of course, adhering to regulatory requirements. So we provide the services around managing that risk because you're now exposing, you know, a lot of your services to ecosystems and you want to ensure that you can continue to trust it. So it's the, it's the technology to, to, help you manage that, that we help, that we build. So no, we don't see fintechs. I mean, we, we collaborate with them. So, so we provide the technology and also then the know-how because this is a, a journey. This is going to continue evolving, you know, um, as new technology comes up and clients demand different requirements, it will continue evolving. Uh, you know, some of the interesting things some banks have done is, you know, they've created a platform where you as a client can go in and actually do everything that, you know, I mean, you can actually do your shopping, you can, you know, you can do your insurance, you can do your investments on their platform. Um, and, and the more attractive that becomes, the more captive you are as, as a client and the more money they make from you. And that's really where, where some banks are going. Not everybody is going that way. Other banks are looking to expose a lot of their own services, you know, to, to, as I mentioned, you know, with a retailer, how do they make that available to other banks so that other banks don't need to buy? It? So platform banking is where we see financial services and institutions evolving to. And the challenge, and I guess where we focusing our, our investment is around building the technology to enable that. 
uh, while adhering to regulatory compliance, while making sure we protect our data, and also while helping them uh, leverage, um, well, modernize their data stores and also leverage insights from that, uh, and as well as automate a lot of a lot of that, those business those processes and so on. All right, so very fascinating discussion. Uh, we were talking to uh, we were talking to Ria Pinto, um, who is uh, the South Africa Country General Manager and Technology Leader um, over at IBM, uh, getting into a discussion around innovation, particularly in the financial services uh, sector, um, where legacy systems are concerned. Uh, talking about you know some of the old systems because uh, one of the things that we do highlight is the fact that uh, for the most part uh, core banking hasn't changed for a number of years, decades now and um, when you see some of the evolutions that are happening um, part of the issues that happen we spoke about outages is because um, when these things were done they weren't as well documented as they should have been um, and all of those things are now coming in um, IBM you know, and the likes are looking at it, coming up with tools of how do people actually map out uh, what's actually going on in businesses so that you can have uh, better uh, better you know business process automation um, and the like and then also getting into you know how you change uh, the structure um, one of the things that Ria talks about is the fact that um, in days of old your banking systems were sort of monolithic uh, but now people are looking at uh, how do you how do you incorporate um, a sense of modularity in the system so that you can upgrade pieces as opposed to bringing the entire house down um, you know all at once and then just ending off talking about uh, you know some of the new players in the market and you know some of the innovations that are coming in uh, different banks different uh, financial institutions are responding uh, to the environment differently um, some have taken what I think um, is popularly called a super app approach uh, where you can literally do anything and everything uh, on their banking platforms whereas others have sort of uh, decided that they are going to try and perfect uh, their core processes so very fascinating discussion as I said um, our last discussion with Rio was around cloud computing uh, today we attacked the the world of banking uh, certainly looking forward to seeing you know what our next engagement is going to be about it's always great when we take you know some of the big ideas and actually distill them down uh, to how all of this stuff affects all of us because uh, the big driver that she talks about is that um, what's driving a lot of banks towards your digital transformation and trying to address these issues is um, what's going on in terms of expectations that are coming out from the consumer. So, Ria, once again, thank you so much for being with us today. We certainly look forward to having you again in future. Thank you, Madiba. It was great talking to you again. This is Madiba's Take. Another great conversation there uh, with Ria just around what's going on in the world of financial services. Very important discussion just given all the big outages uh, that we've been seeing going on with uh, the big banks um, in South Africa, you know, of late. Uh, Standard Bank is the one that does come to mind. And it's no secret that, you know, they have struggled um, when it comes to, you know, incorporating some of their legacy systems, you know, with some of the new stuff. Um, so, really really you know great to see uh, that it's a big area of focus for you know the likes of a of uh, IBM 
going forward, it will be interesting to see how this uh, technology investment does work um, because the fact that you have some of your core systems that are so robust uh, that they spend you know, so many decades without being fixed, upgraded, or changed uh, speaks to how well developed they were at the time. Is that the approach that we have at the moment? Or um, in terms of the modularity, um, do you take a a long-term approach in terms of making your systems or do you make systems um, that sort of address something in the here and now, knowing that um, if anything needs to be changed, you can easily do that? because I think that type of flexibility uh, lends itself to a different way of working um, in the current environment. We'll wait to see. And once again, we look forward to, you know, continuing to explore um, all of these uh, all of these discussions. It's great uh, that uh, people talk about uh, things like digital transformation, but on the ground, what does it actually mean? And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.